So I'm just going to run through the levels. I'll just edit this bit out. Yeah. Can you hear me quite well? It looks all right, doesn't it? Yeah. Maybe I'll shuffle slightly closer to you, brother. The sound waves look the same. Yeah. Just go down a little bit. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, what about that? So that's where you want it. You don't want me to be showering like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sweet. Good afternoon, good evening, everyone, or good morning. Today we've got a very special guest. Um, safe to say, self-proclaimed goat <laughs> of the personal trainers in the southern area of the of the UK. Yeah, just the southern. We've got Mr. Jake Wheeler. Hello. How you doing today, my friend? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. How about yourself? I'm good, mate. Yeah. yeah it's a bit colder. Oh, don't. Um, it's that changing weather. Yeah. The evenings are getting darker now. But I'm well. Yeah. I'm doing good. good. I'm feeling positive. I'm happy about life. <laughs> good, good. That's always a good way to be. Cool. So, I'm I'm just hazarding a guess here that maybe the the free listeners that we got might not know who you are. So, I'll give you everyone a little introduction. Um, as I, as I just said, the the goat of the personal trainers in Surrey. But if you could just um, give yourself a a bit of a broader introduction, let us know yeah. what you do. Um, with your life, <laughs> my life, not much actually. Wank no. um, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my uh, well, my name is Jake, and I imagine after this podcast comes out, you'll have three million listeners. Listeners, not just three. Um, I'm 24. I've been working in fitness since I was 16, so eight years now. Um, coming up to nine, which is scary because I'm getting old. But I love it. I love everything about it. I love the freedom, who I deal with every day. Um, I'm very extroverted, so I get my energy from people. So I get to speak to people every day, you know, new problems, new challenges, and I would not change my job for the world. Um, I'm a level four personal trainer, so I specialized in cardiac rehab uh, last year, and I did a GP referral in the year before that. So. It, I'm big on self-development and progressing basically just trying to do more and learn more because well as I said to you before it's a very overpopulated industry um, and also I think that it's kind of been devalued of how easy it is to become a PT mm-hmm. so I think that if you don't continually progress in this you get left behind and I definitely found that in my first two or three years of being qualified, I was useless. Mm-hmm. I was not worth a half of what I am now. And not to say that I'm amazing now, but just I was wasting time. I, I had an ego. I thought I knew it all. And you realise how embarrassing that is. And, and the more the more you learn in this industry, the less you know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um as soon as I started opening books, I just couldn't believe how ignorant I'd been in the, in the years of my PT. And, and I felt like calling every one of my ex-clients up and giving their money back because just the service I was providing, looking back on it, was terrible. And I know you have to go through that. And you have to make mistakes to become better and learn from them. But that is my biggest recommendation to anyone looking to get into PT is make sure you're interested in it because mm-hmm. if you unless you are constantly developing you will get left behind 
Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I I train and I work and that's it. And I eat, <laughs> I eat a lot of food. <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting what you were saying about that because yeah, so, as someone who's very recently qualified as a PT, I try and keep that mentality kind of like a white belt mentality. Yeah. And I guess even at your stage in your career as you were just saying it's the same thing because there's so many people now that that are getting them qualifications and and they're giving their their service and and i think i think you you kind of owe it to to the people that are are buying into your service because yeah if you're gonna pay money for someone to to train you then well you think like if there's that uh, you might have seen it on uh, Facebook or whatever someone buys you a gift for 20 quid for Christmas and they're on minimum wage say that's like almost two and a half hours of, of their life they've they've done that so you think in PT they are paying you know whatever they're paying an hour how many of hours have they worked to, mm. to give you that so unless you are providing that service I think it's it's bad just to think you can turn up rock up not not plan what you're going to do with them not have a general idea not track the progress and then just expect them to still to pay to still pay you each time yeah i think people forget that when they they see the the lifestyle of a pt or they see um the kind of glamour of it of the of the good bits where they get to train they get to choose their hours and whatever they don't understand that there's a lot that goes into it behind the closed doors nurturing the leads um, having a, a good system in place for referrals, for your constant tracking of the clients, just there's loads of things that people will miss, and they and they see like I say that lifestyle, and they think it's easy, mm. easily achieved. They think as soon as they qualify, people the are just gonna knock on the knock on yeah. the door and say, "Oh, uh, give us uh, a session." And it's not how it's not how it happens, especially like we say, everyone and their mums a, a PT these days. So it's about how you can provide that service how you can continually generate new leads nurture the ones you've got you know it how you should see pt is kind of like or especially marketing side of it is farming rather than hunting so mm-hmm. planting seeds for for later later kind of harvest compared to going out and getting the kill there and then because then like you know you can provide a great service but unless you've got a customer to see how good your service is it doesn't matter so if you're a very quiet person who is worried about annoying someone or pestering them then you need to bring that out of you the more extroverted mm-hmm. side of it because it is a massive part of it and I, and I don't like to say that because my favourite bit of the role is to help people to do this to do that to see the progress blah 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 but like I say unless you have a customer then you've got no one to provide yeah, exactly. good service for so you know that's it's such an important vital role and and I would recommend that well actually there is a book that I would recommend it's called the one page marketing plan and it's really simple I forget I forget who wrote it but it's a really simple book um, and it essentially just kind of dissects what makes a good marketing scheme mm-hmm. or strategy for a small business and just is a really nice way of, of kind of introducing someone to that um, and then that. yeah it's honestly oh, yeah. it's wicked it is wicked it's only like I can't remember 300 pages as well so you can smash it out and it's just good it's interactive as well so you, you kind of 
write and plan as you go through it. So it's a really cool book to read. Um, so definitely recommend on that movie. I'll have a look. But yeah, I remember. Obviously, we've. I say we've kind of known each other for a while because we kind of have. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we live down the road from each other. But I always remember you being a PT or working in, in the quite quite fitness industry for for donkeys. And I just remember you being one of the one of the first guys to do it. Obviously, like anything, um, the more you do something, the more comfortable you get doing it, and the more, the, essentially, the better you get. What was it, first of all, that initially drew you to having that sort of career? Is it the fact that maybe you was a, a sporty guy, mm-hmm. or were you just generally interested in, in the human body and, and, and general health, fitness? So actually, if I'm honest, my first one was because the, the reason I got into it originally was a selfish reason of what I said. I saw that lifestyle mm-hmm. where you could um, train when you wanted and whatever. And at the time, at, at that age, I was interested in it. I enjoyed sport and I was quite good at it. So that's how I got into it. But it's only as it as I developed and made many, many mistakes that I got more and more interested in kind of more of a niche. Um but at originally how it started was just selfish reasons of me and what I wanted to do. But I quickly kind of realised that there's a lot more to the role than what you first meet and that's the part that kind of kept me. You know, they say, what do they say? Come for the looks, we stay for the personality. <laughs> <laughs> that's me, that. that's why I'm, I'm back to back. <laughs> that's just you in a nutshell. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of why it started. It was a very selfish reason, but... I quickly kind of realised what I wanted and, and, and how I was going to go about getting it. Oh, fair enough. Mm. Yeah, because like I said, it's, um, yeah, it's been, how long, how many years have you been doing that? Eight years, did yeah, you say? Yeah, eight years and uh, I didn't get my PT qualification straight away because I did my fitness instruction and then I actually got into it through an apprenticeship. So I remember, like, I had to work at, the gym because I got an apprenticeship minimum wage which I can't even remember what it was but it I was laughable like £3.80 it, or yeah, something yeah, it I was laughable and I had to work at Thought Park as well uh, just to be able to like what were you doing there? I did it what did I do? I worked on like the turnstiles at the front and the front desk selling tickets and stuff and I should have donuts did you do the donuts? yeah did you? I bet you stuck oh, mate everywhere <laughs> <Stuck>. like <laughs> Couldn't, oh, I couldn't even go out uh, donuts during the day and then I'll go out in the evening and everyone will be like, oh, is that sweet? Oh, it's you. <laughs> sweet enough. No, yeah. no it weren't sweet. <laughs> but yeah, so it was so bad. But I was quite thankful for it because it gave me a lot of experience compared to someone else, mm-hmm. which you you know have uh, would have known now because obviously say you do a, a level two and three fire I don't know, like an online course or YMCA, whatever it is, you get it done in, I don't know how long it takes, a year or six months, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But I was working in the gym, so I did really appreciate, although I did get that pay for a year, I survived, and I really appreciated the experience that I gained in that because I made a lot of mistakes. Like I'm talking, I remember I had to teach a class and it was a over 65s I think it was over 65s class and it was my first one that I had to do and I was in the warm up 
and there was probably a group of 15 people and in the warm up I think three of them fainted <laughs> because I had no idea what I was doing I'd never you know trained someone with hypertension or however many conditions I'm sure they had at the time mm-hmm. um, so I was doing a move that was nice and easy for me yep. but I'm not a 90 year old man so three people killed over the in, in the first in the first seven minutes of the session and I always thought I'm in trouble here you know but then I went home and I researched why that was and then I never made that same mistake again so I'm a big believer of make as many many mistakes as you can but just never make the same one twice or, or at least try um, and that's kind of how I the first you know four years of my PT went and even now today I'll pick someone up and fake it till I make it. They, they say, oh, I'm, you know, doing this. And I say, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. I've, I've had that many, many times. No idea what I was no talking clue. about. No clue. <laughs> but you learn from it, you know, and people are too nervous and they play it too safe sometimes. As long as you're not going to hurt someone, you know, you can, you can handle it. Like, I... I remember a client I've got to this day now and I've had her years and she's the only one because I always try and when I get a client is give them an exit strategy so mm-hmm. I'm not just continually taking money off them because they're not learning then I'm not no, doing exactly. my job and I had this one lady who I've still got today and she first came to me she had a slip disc in her back and, and I had no idea what that was mm-hmm. um, and if this was now I probably would have been like no you know what I mean but at the time I thought I need her let's do it and we did a leg press and a leg press you don't really want to do with someone who's got a slip disc or has had a slip disc because it's just it's the way it is and puts too much pressure on the lower back next day she messaged me I can't walk and stuff I'm in so much agony and I was like oh no you know what have I done have I really hurt her blah blah so in that sense you've got to be a bit smarter but I made the mistake and again never made it again so then now if someone comes to me with that issue I've kind of got more knowledge but I would also work in line or in conjunction with their doctor or their physio Mm -hmm. so it's just trying to be smart with it without taking on more than you can handle basically but yeah the apprenticeship was back I went off an absolute tangent there but (laughs) don't know how those two things were connected that's what we're going to do today a lot is going to go like woof woof one one way or the other (laughs) can't even remember the question you asked (laughs) how did you get into it I said how are you you doing today (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, it was on the apprenticeship. Yeah. Um, but I would recommend that to people. Well, it's, ex- really it's experience, isn't it? It's like, um, it's like my brother, he's a he's an electrician now, yeah. but he was doing the same thing and yeah. he had an apprenticeship. Bless his heart. And, and he would never have any money. Yeah. Um, even though he was, yeah. sparking his good money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he would always, he'd be always going up, up to... Um, up to London most days, driving around in a van, come home on it. But now he's at the stage where he knows so much yeah. in terms of being an electrician, and obviously exactly. that's the uh, it's a, it's a good good job to have for sure. But yeah, it's the same with um, yeah, it's the same with yourself. Yeah, that's where you sort of spent your time in the trenches essentially. Yeah, you're spot on there, mate. You are, and as well, I think you have to earn your earn your stripes and. Mm. Like now, I know a lot of people get their first job in a more of a premium club, and that should never be the case. Mm-hmm. 
you should never have your first job in a in a high standard place because that's where the more money should be earned and and the clients are paying more money so they need a better service um, you really need to same as any role it doesn't have to be PT it can be anything you have to build up to that stuff and you think about how young we are and how long you're going to have a career for you've got time yeah exactly you've got so much time so I think that people just get so stressed of what you have to do and when you have to do it everything's a, a, a rush these days yeah. everyone's like right I want to get here I want to do that yeah, I think it's good to set goals especially like and to have a time frame for it but at the same time you have to yeah like we say you have to spend your time in the trenches it's like anything it's like boxing it's like um, it's like with the the music like when we play yeah. gigs we were 13, 14 when we started yeah. playing in pubs just me and Tom a guitarist and um, and yeah that was these, these are like tiny yeah. little pubs full of just geezers yeah. that are just looking at us like who are these kids <laughs> but now I'll, I'll go I'll play yeah. anywhere because yeah. you've had that time yeah exactly I'm, I'm used to people being like oh who are yeah, these yeah. guys and yeah. and yeah you learn how to deal with an audience it's the same with what you said you learn how to deal with with people yeah. no you're spot on there man. Like, you can't just expect to pick up a guitar and play Wembley so it's the same you have to earn those earn the right to be where you are mm. and then no one can argue it if mm. you can justify what you're doing and why and you know in your head as well yeah it's as yeah, simple as that really so I would recommend people if not if not an apprenticeship volunteer somewhere like I've, I'm literally volunteering now at our local um, like cardiac rehab program because I couldn't get a role anywhere because I hadn't had the experience in it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'll volunteer. Do you know what I mean? It's not, you can't just expect to come into somewhere. And like the lady that I'm volunteering for has got eight years experience in that one role, even more in fitness. So you think, how the heck, you know, how can I warrant the same as this lady? You can't. Mm-hmm. She's worth 10 times what I am. So just going in there and volunteering, you have to give up all your time. But just get a feel for that environment you're going to be in. Same as if you're just doing your level two, if you're just starting out, or level three, whatever. Shadow a PT. What can you do? What can you learn from them? Because, like I say, if you stay still in this industry, you'll get left behind. Um, and I even notice that now. If I have, if I go on holiday, like I took July off and travelled the UK because of obviously COVID, I wanted to have a nice bit of fun and whatever mm-hmm. and I did have great I had great fun chill out a bit I had an amazing time I wouldn't change it but I came back and my work had not dried up but part of it dried up because I'd been away for a month it hadn't been the same and like I said I wasn't continually moving forward so I got left behind so it's just important to I can't I cannot stress it enough how important self-development is in any industry but especially in something overpopulated like fitness, a hundred percent. No, I agree. And do you do you like you mentioned a book earlier? Do you actively search out to read like books on self development, yeah. or not do you have any, just, or, yeah. or in books in general, or do you have any things that you do, which sort of you try and keep yourself like accountable as such and one hundred percent. So, um, I I try and get through 
uh, quite a few books a year. Mm-hmm. I only really read in relation to my field and stuff. Occasionally, I'll, I'll you know go out on something I'm interested in. Like I read a psychology book on personality traits and stuff, and that's just something I'm interested in. But it's not the the regular. Like it has to be for me on on that continual development. Um, and I also well something we recently started, which I know you said we'll get onto in a bit, is me and my f- uh, colleagues. We at the next gen we kind of hired um, a guy we know who who's so knowledgeable mm-hmm. to come in and kind of give us some um, almost like a what do you call it like a class kind of thing on on the lower back and and um, trying to help pain and help alignment and just that kind of continual development like that is so important and, and that's something that I try and stick with and I try and do one course a year so like say in the level 4 cardiac rehab uh, GP referral like I'm doing this lower back thing now just something each year just to add to your bar yeah. essentially 100% and if you more if you can't do more mm-hmm. do you know what I mean but I feel like you need to do it and then master it and then you can kind of upkeep it, upkeep it rather than sometimes people can be guilty of getting loads and loads of knowledge but then never practically applying it so mm-hmm. you don't have that application you just have theory which is good to know one unless it can be applied what's the point yeah exactly so talk to me about the usually it's cardiac rehab yeah so I did my course with the British Association of cardiac and pulmonary rehab mm-hmm. um, and it was amazing like it was a, a great eye-opener and there's loads of level four it's not just on that there's level four on obesity on diabetes on lower back pain on training um, with cancer those kind of things but I chose that one um, because I was always interested in the heart I love it I think it's really interesting and I loved the course uh, it was it was kind of difficult because of COVID it was done through Zoom and stuff mm-hmm. so I thought it was going to be really boring but it was awesome and you, I learned a lot from it and because kind of like I said I've been in, in fitness so long now you go through different areas you have to try everything so let me start that again I've been in fitness so long that I've worked with a lot of different clients mm-hmm. I've worked with healthy young males looking to gain muscle um, fat loss clients clients that are looking for end stage kind of rehab returning to sport um, sporting clients you know massive massive kind of variation of of my demographic and you find what you enjoy and what you don't so I found that I really really enjoyed training people in a later stage of life you know older adulthood um, and, and, and plus really because I love I know it sounds bad but when they have conditions or mm-hmm. movement restrictions it means I have to think more and it's mm-hmm. more interesting for me rather than someone who turns up that just wants to do a circuit and be beasted like, I, I don't hate it but I know that you yeah. get more involved essentially exactly you have to apply the like I said the knowledge exactly yeah and the longevity of it so I saw um, my grandparents get very old very quickly and mm. without much mobility 
um, with not the greatest of health and I just realised that I didn't want that for people you know I wanted to do what I could or, or can to kind of improve longevity I want to see my um, you know my parents grow old but be able to do more mm -hmm. you know I, I spoke about, yeah I spoke about that for guy sure. who I know that he's 91 and he just done 500 tyre flips for the, I, for yeah, the, I know the charity about, yeah, yeah. Man. he ran a marathon at like 87 um, and I want that for people because it's achievable mm -hmm. and people don't think it they think that once you get old that's it I think there's a strange in a lot of people's heads sometimes younger sometimes older but there's a strange kind of time cap yeah. where they're like okay well I'm old now or I'm getting old now or I'm middle aged now and they think that sort of warrants no. their body sort of deteriorating yeah. which essentially doesn't and no exactly there's people like, again people I know um, that that come where I where I work and, and they're like they're in their 90s yeah. and they're doing like classes and they're mobile and exactly it keeps the keeps the brain active as well mm. and, and there's so much um, research on training in older age and the benefits it can have for the you know for your muscles for your bones for everything for your mind and the long-term benefits it can have and I used to and as an example I used to train a woman who was in her 70s and she had a hip replacement but she didn't do anything six months mm. after, which is not good. First of all, going into any operation, you want to be in the strongest position you can be in. And then after, you need to act quickly, especially the first few weeks are really important. Um, so she didn't do anything, and she hadn't really been trained before, so she was not in a in a great physical place, essentially, which also had affected her mental health. Mm. You know, she was getting disappointed that she would be aching whilst walking around Tesco's and stuff but after we finished training not not one session obviously but after the six month period before she moved she was in a much better place her mobility was massively improved and she said to me which stuck with me she said that she never thought she'd be able to do this again mm -hmm. like, so you think that in their mind in an older person's mind that they think that they're only going to get worse which isn't true there's a saying for like cartilage, or muscles, everything. If you don't use it, you lose mm -hmm. it. So I cannot express how important and how much it means to me to see, especially older people, make progress um, in the gym. And because it wasn't as much as a thing when they were younger, like our age, yeah, fitness exactly. is massive. Everyone trains, everyone pretty trains. much everyone. Whereas they didn't. They didn't no, they then. didn't. So to see how happy it can make them and to create little communities out of it mm -hmm. where they have they have the session and they go for a, a coffee at a garden centre. Yeah. Love it. I love it. And I can't express how much that demographic means to me. And then on the complete other flip side of it, I really love training uh, younger females who, who struggle with confidence in the gym, who come in, are worried about what people think, mm -hmm. So they just sit on a cardio machine or do a couple of leg presses when there's so much more to it for what they want. So again, I found that this year or two years and that's a massive uh, thing for me. And I guess it boils down to I love seeing 
improving improves uh, improves <laughs> improvements in confidence. Mm. So I guess that is is what I am majorly interested in, and it comes from, and that's why I did the cardiac rehab because I'd love to set up my own phase four. So when you when you have any kind of cardiac incident or something like that, um, you go into hospital and you get treated immediately, and you, it's a four phase mm-hmm. kind of treatment progress. So phase one, phase one, two, and three are all done in the hospital. Phase one and two is when you're there, and they're actually treating the problem. So that could be having a stent, uh, bypass, anything like a surgery, for example, and you recover from that. And then they start speaking to you about education and how to improve and change the lifestyle to you know, hopefully not see that kind of issue again. Then phase three, you have in the hospital, or tends to be in the hospital where you have a supervised gym session. So you're trying to improve the, um, you know, your, your capabilities, what you can do again and, mm-hmm. and be able to get back to activities of daily living. So is it like a, is it it's like a class kind of thing. So it has an extended warm up about 15 minutes um, then a, and then a, kind of a aerobic circuit mm-hmm. which has a mixture of, of weights and, and cardio um, some stretching just a real you know kind of basic circuit to start and then after they've done their program at the hospital then they can be referred to a phase 4 clinic so that's you know more community based and it's more long term than for life kind of thing so my dream one day my goal would be to open up my own you know phase four or, or community-based clinic where mm-hmm. people can come who've had who've passed their phase three who've had uh, cardiac issues it doesn't have to be just cardiac because i also do that gp referral where it can be uh, musculoskeletal it could be diabetes hypertension it could be anything like of the uh, conditions that i'm qualified in and again it, it comes down to that same thing of improving confidence giving people back life they didn't know they had or longevity creating that community and uh, something that stuck with me is, is the lady that I was volunteering with. She recently left and they had a party for her because she'd been there so long. Mm-hmm. And to see the turnout that she had from all of these people that she'd help, helped over the years and to hear some of their stories to say, without her, you know, I, I might not be here or I'd be in a wheelchair or I'd be doing this, I'd be doing that. And it's, it's amazing to, and I want that. For yeah, I want that for me, and I want that to be my mm. life, you know. And and that's kind of why I got into the cardiac rehab, and and then on the flip side of it, I also just want to be better than everyone else. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good 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 way to be. Exactly. You have to have that that kind of yeah. I want to that I want mindset exactly like you were just saying in in a in a world where it's so. Um, like there's so many people yeah. now that are, that are going towards this industry. Yeah, you have to um, you have to stand out, and you, you have to yeah, just essentially you do have to be better. Yeah, and, and um, that's it. But I think that's part of as well with with general happiness, like fulfillment for a person. I think part of it is yeah, you've got your uh, you've got your job, whatever you yeah. got you got income, whatever. These are all things that you got friendship. These are all things that. Uh, equate to happiness but yeah. I think service is such a, a main um, part of general well-being yeah. and like you said if you're going to be in the, the same situation as that woman and you've given your service to all these people and, and 
the, the these are the amount of people that are, that are saying how useful you were and how much they actually need you. It's uh, it's got to be some feeling. Yeah, that's and and that's it. And honestly, there is for me there is no better job than than what we do. Um, it's just amazing and some of the stories that you get it's so cool like it's so cool I train a a 15 year old boy now who has um, kind of like a disability and and a disformity um, and it's so good to see the progress that we make and how much it means to someone I cannot stress it enough that if you enjoy your job like it's amazing Mm. I'm, I'm not a financial driven man I don't mm-hmm. I'm not massive on money I don't need a nice car and whatever I'm, I'm happy but you work so much you spend so much of your life working you might as exactly. well enjoy it no exactly you might as well enjoy it and Car so find something you enjoy yeah you know? exactly get up every day and be like actually I, yeah. I want to do this yeah. and that's where um, yeah that's where I was at as well in terms of like I remember talking to you quite a while ago yeah. I was like one evening I think I was in the gym and then you were like, oh, what do you do? And I said, because well, no, I used to work like, in an office, and I said, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> doesn't sound too good. <laughs> and <laughs> but that was just in a way that I was kind of like, oh, well, this is, I've finished college now, and my mates are working, doing this sort of thing, so I'll, I'll give that a go. Yeah. And then I sort of, a few years ago, I sort of sat down to myself and thought, all right, well, what do I actually want to do? What would I actually enjoy doing? And... Um, yeah, it's such an important thing. It is, mate. It's, I never, ever, don't get me wrong, sometimes I do think, oh, I'll work today. Yeah. And I appreciate a day off, but I never wake up and think, I don't want to do this. Ever. Mm. Ever, ever, ever. I love it every day. And if you speak to um, my clients, they will, they will tell you that. It, it reflects on them. I'm never in a bad mood mm. when they come in there and I'm never in a bad mood when they leave because it's such a good job. And no, exactly. Yeah, and so honestly, I can't even express it. I, yeah. much I love it. No, it's good, man. Well, I was talking to um, yeah, a friend of mine and, and, and he was saying the, the, the thing where people that will be coming to, to train with you and essentially what they're doing is they're, they're coming to receive like your energy as well because you're... 100%. Because when like, you you probably know what it's like, you you spend your time around some people, and you get back and you're and you feel great. Yeah. You've picked that up from them. Exactly, and that's something that's so important in the role. And not, and whoever your friend is, you're a smart guy. Because yeah, he's a smart guy to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> it is really important. And you think even if you've done, I can't remember when was it, on Wednesday last week I did, I went ten or eleven hours. Yeah pretty much back to back I had a little break for lunch but pretty much back to back and it's very easy to get tired in, during that time very very easy because you think everyone that's coming to you they have their own problems and mm-hmm. their own stuff that's happening at home yep. that they put onto you of course which obviously that negative energy can be quite infectious but the next person that comes in although it's your ninth hour 10th hour that's their first hour of the day so exactly. you have to provide that service because they're paying you for it so there are tough parts of the role but like I say because I enjoy it so much there's just no it's no harm done and I think it does reflect because this is the biggest compliment to me I have I started training these two girls uh, this year Mm -hmm. and now both of them they've actually left their 
own careers to pursue being becoming a personal trainer, which for me such a compliment. Yeah, because exactly. Although I haven't been in their ear going, "Oh, leave, leave, leave! You come and do this. Come to the dark side." <laughs> you know, it's a compliment to see that they can see my passion. I obviously enjoy the role, and it makes them happy. So then they want to reflect that again on on their future clients. So that's such a compliment for me. Um, the best kind, which is good because it helps stroke my ego. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, seriously, any like I say, your friend's a smart guy. Yeah, he's he's quite a smart guy to be fair. So we'll keep talking about about you, and I love uh, talking about we'll me. keep stroking that ego. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to the guys and the girls that are listening about the current project you're on with uh, with NextGen. Yes. And um, we were speaking about it earlier. <clears throat> Anyone who doesn't know, um, what are you? It's, it's a it's a group fitness yeah facility that you've got. Yeah. So we we have a little studio now, um, which is awesome, but that was never the plan, ever the plan. It was you know we work with. Uh, well, it originally started in February of this year, so 2021. It was a cold, wet, horrible lockdown winter. I hadn't really seen anyone or, or been able to do anything for the for the whole of the whole of it. Um, and then I got that was ch- horrible that one. Oh, wasn't it? It was that was the awful. worst one. It was awful. It was, I remember that the weather was terrible. I actually had COVID as well, so it was awful. Um, and I was chatting with a few of the guys that we I worked with and we just kind of weren't happy with where we were at. We were a bit stale and, and bored. So we got together at our local park. I think we were allowed to meet at this time, five people. Probably not, but I'll, I'll get you to now. Sue me. <laughs> you have to catch me first. I'm like a whippet. No. <laughs> so we met. Um, and we were walking around the park and we just had a vision for, you know, like a, a, a setting up a week that we could do something for the community in the NHS. So we started thinking of ideas and because we were all young, we kept joking with the older PTs where we uh, worked, saying that we're the next generation coming through, blah, blah, blah. So we set up, essentially set up this, this um, week for the NHS to raise money for charity under under our name next next gen next gen training so what we did we all went out into the community handing out leaflets just trying to raise awareness for what we were doing um and essentially the basis was one-to-one pt but all of the money was donated to charity and after honestly i remember the first time we went leafleting it was freezing cold we were sticking leaflets through doors which thinking back on it was actually a terrible idea because we were in the middle of a pandemic and we were there sticking our hands into people's letterboxes <laughs> and it was so cold we, our hands were cut um, like sticking them through but some people's letterboxes are like shark teeth yeah, I know like, I used to get paper rounds did you? yeah around here oh my god it's awful oh. never, never get a paper round kids if you're listening change your letterbox get an apprenticeship <laughs> <laughs> so anyway we, we managed to get to the week and uh, it was freezing cold still and we would set up every morning at seven and we would pack up because it was still pitch black and we'd pack up about half seven eight maybe half eight sometimes for this one week it was actually eight days because we couldn't count we meant to do a week and we accidentally done eight days because we thought 
I think we did the twenty fourth to the thirty first, but it's only eight days. I know it doesn't make sense, but we were idiots, so we did eight days in the end. Um, and every day we were, were pretty much packed out because people hadn't been able to see anyone for yeah, months. Yeah, I remember. So it was so nice. Obviously, you came down and, and done a session, um, and I bet it was nice for you. It was amazing for us. We saw hundred people, and I remember seeing you guys. Few about probably like a month when you were planning. I yeah. think I was just kind of for a run because that's all you could. Oh, you could do. So you you become like a mo farrah in lockdown. Like, <laughs> I've never seen it before. I've never seen you with a pair of running shoes on. I look on Strava and you've done about three hundred k. Yeah, I just I had nothing else to do, mate. That was it, wasn't it? It was Netflix and I'm, run. I'm like, right, yeah, you had yeah two two decisions that yeah you become mo farrah. <laughs> Or just get really good at Xbox. Yeah, well, I chose the latter. Oh, uh, no, I just, yeah, I'll just wake up and be like, all right, go for a run. People, I get texts from people all the time, like, just see you, just see you. Yeah, just like, see you. <laughs> you're running you, 24 hours. Bumping to you about yeah, most, we, most days. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so like, we saw you, and, and it was so nice to, to have these sessions with people because it was the first time you got to see people, and it was a laugh mm. again. You're chatting, you're de- delivering great sessions, but... You weren't allowed. Nothing was open indoors. So we had to, every day, walk over to the park, gazebo, flooring, hundreds of kilos of weights. Dragging it Dragging it. Dragging it on, on four trolleys. There was four of us doing it. And every day we dragged it there and were there in the freezing cold all day. By the time, I remember on day one, uh, we were packing up. It was pitch black. We didn't couldn't see what we were doing. And we knew that we'd then have to come back in, in 10 hours. Honestly, mate, it was the best thing I've ever done, and I'll remember it for the rest of my life. The four of us, we had a good relationship, but we weren't best mates. Mm. But then after this week, it was just amazing. Everything we shared was so good. We managed to raise um, around £3,000 in the end for the NHS, which in a week was amazing. Great support from everyone, and it was awesome. And when we were doing it, people just kept saying, why don't you carry this on? Mm-hmm. We wanted do this over summer what you've built is, is is great so we set out to continue over the summer kept dragging that bloody trolley every day lower back killing and then I started that should doing, be the logo now just the trolley the tro- oh, don't I don't want to talk about that trolley I don't want to talk about that it gives me honestly nightmares thinking about dragging that trolley and we started running uh, outdoor boot camp classes in the community that we've built and the name spread and and I started doing all of my PT outside as well so I was dragging that trolley four times a day and I just we loved it and then as the winter come around we knew that we were going to have to do something because we can't keep dragging it over it's pitch black and Mm -hmm. it's getting colder raining and we know what English weather's like so then we were really lucky to have an opportunity with a studio opened that up um, changed our product slightly so rather than group exercise classes we moved into more small group personal training where we would deliver sessions up to four people where you can have a little bit more personal approach but it's a lot more affordable um, and you know we, we took on some uh, a new a new girl as well to help us out and, and she's been amazing just adding a bit more creativity rather than the idiots that we are so that was really good um, it's just been a, such a good experience 
and I would recommend anyone is thinking of doing something just do it mm. it wasn't even like you know some stories they say are oh, when we started we hit so many obstacles we did this we did that. it just wasn't working it kept failing failing we've been really lucky in the mm. sense that everything we've done has gone well it's been a great experience we've learned a lot but it's just been we've been pretty lucky to be honest seems quite um just from an outsider who's seen it grow from the start seems like quite an organic thing that's happened it's just one thing's led to another um it's just rolled you've taken the opportunities as they've come i guess in your head or with you guys i guess in your head you wasn't really thinking about too much oh well what if this doesn't work or what if this doesn't work I guess it was just kind of like right let's do it let's do it let's see what happens exactly and yeah that was literally yeah, that's the that's been the whole thing really just wing it mm. wing it and, ho- and hopefully sort it out from there blag it and, and it'll, it'll, work, it'll sort itself out mm. and it really has the whole time um, it's been so we've been so so lucky and we appreciate everything that our members have done for us as mm. well they've helped us out massively we we really have set out we set out to create a community and we really smashed that we put on a a, a bake off over the summer where everyone came they all baked something and it was great I've never seen anything like it it was like Mary Berry was one of our members it was unbelievable there were meringues a yard long carrot cake there was Biscoff cupcakes shortbread it was everything and everyone came to the park we it was a sunny day we played rounders it was champagne it was awesome and we probably had like 50 people in the end to come and again after all that lockdown we get to see people like that it's mm. just so good so come together and normality and you really really appreciated it we've got a Christmas do coming up as well so it'll be awesome to see everyone again because some people didn't return to the small group sessions after summer because they liked the outdoor classes and that so it'd be really good to see mm. everyone from that, and it's just about, I guess, lockdown taught us that and, and gave gave us that gift of it, and just teaches you appreciation mm. that you didn't think you'd have. Um, so yeah, it's, that's pretty much what I'm doing now, and yeah, I love so it. Right. Love every second. I guess yeah. uh, where's the saying that that I like to live by? You do good, and good will come to you. Yeah. So essentially, you've done that to first of all, it just started as a charity week. Yeah. You raised so much money for the NHS, got the community together, and good now has come to you. Yeah. Things have, have evolved, and you're spot and on. You are. You're spot on with that. Um, you are, and it's been just an amazing experience, and I'd recommend anyone to do it. Don't get me wrong, that was the hardest week of my life, though, by far. Yeah, I remember talking to Dan as well. Dan's another guy who's who was doing the, the week with you, and yeah, he yeah. was. He was we were knackered. we were ill, but oh, it was it was from what was it like work the time in the morning yeah. till eight nine at night. Which people think oh it's not that much. It's only a week and stuff, but it was freezing, and I hadn't worked a day in months. Yeah. Lockdown, so I was knackered. straight back in. Yeah, I was knackered. I remember we on the Saturday night there was a boxing fight on, so I went to. Um, my sisters to watch it and I was I fell asleep by about eight it was gone well I think we finished that day because it was like a Saturday at seven I got there at eight I was probably asleep half an hour later just, just on the sofa I was knackered it was 
the hardest week I've ever, the hardest week of work of, of my life. And, but it was the best, best week ever. And I will never, ever, ever forget it to, to, for the rest of my life. And would 100% recommend giving back, mm. you know, where you can. The sessions we did were reduced rate, so more people could come. It was more accessible for everyone. And it was a great feeling to, to give that money over and not, you know, not take a penny. It was a great feeling to think I've done something good here or we've done something good here. And I would definitely recommend anyone to, to do that. And you say good things have come. The yeah. amount of future business that I'd gained from it that was not my intention. You know, a lot of people were, were saying, oh, are you just using this for good publicity? And I, I had two things in response. One was no. <laughs> And two was, even if I was, I'm doing more than you're doing right now. So yeah, exactly. definitely live by that. Do good and, and good will come back. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been an awesome summer. And now and now into winter. Now into winter. I was going to ask you as well, you sort of brought it up. Um, do, and oh, you just had a, a boxing fight, is that right? Yes. Yeah. So you're training, you've been training... For years, mate. Yeah. But I'm I'm a, an amateur boxer. I just do it for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not what I want to do as a career or anything. It's just, it's just, just purely enjoy I think, it. I think I think with um, sports, combat sports, is I think it takes a certain person to actually really get involved in combat sports, yeah. especially boxing, because it's such um, it's, it's it's such individual sport. Yeah. Um, and I guess it, yeah, it it kind of rolls over into into normal life because when it comes to something like boxing or, or MMA or kickboxing, you're constantly trying to improve your skills. Yeah. There's only so many hours in the day as well. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, what brought you to that? You say you've been doing it for quite a while now. Um, yeah. Just just something that you enjoy doing. Yeah. So I love it. First of all, um, what I think I love about it most is well, I love fighting. I do love fighting, but I love the sacrifice that it takes. So I know that not everyone could do it. Because mm. my brother, before I was going, so I had a tournament in the Lake District a couple of weeks ago. And before I was going, my brother had a stag do that he was celebrating with someone. And and it, when he was describing me what they were doing, I thought, that sounds so good. And I'm about to go get my head kicked in tomorrow. What am I doing? But he said, you know, anyone could go on a stag do. Not anyone can fight. Mm. So it's a really... That kind of rung true with me because you, the sacrifice that it takes, people don't get. People don't understand the sacrifice of being in a weight governed sport. First of all, first of all, where you have yeah. to restrict your yourself, what you can eat, what you can drink, what you can do, and you, I tell people you don't appreciate food until it's taken away from you, until you can't eat that, and you don't. It is very bad. Like there, are, you know, I've had battles with. Not so much now, I'm more with it, but previously, eating disorders or binge eating and stuff where you'd restrict yourself for so long and then after an event, you you go to town basically mm. on all the foods you've been missing, mm. which is terrible for physical and mental health and stuff. So it's definitely bad, but I'm glad I'm, I'm kind of past that now anyway and I have a better relationship. But So you people don't appreciate the sacrifice it takes for that and like when all your friends are going out drinking and clubbing and stuff which I do and I love doing it but obviously when you're training for, for an event 
you can't do that. You've got to cut it out. You have to cut it out. So, which I, again, like, because, like I said, I had that month off in July where I travelled the UK and had a quality time, had a great experience. But you're eating out every meal, so you lose appreciation for having dinner with your friends. And then when you're in a, in a, in a training block and you're not allowed to do those things, it re... It gives you that appreciation back where you spend... I had a beer, for example. The, so the day I got home from the Lake District, I had a beer when I got back and it was the best tasting beer I've ever had in my life. Yeah, I bet. Because you appreciate it. You've just worked hard for an event. You've cut out something you love for however long. To then have that introduced back in your life is amazing. And I think that everyone kind of... How do you say? Everyone... Everyone just doesn't sacrifice now. Not everyone, but people don't appreciate that sacrifice. So when you do have it, you can enjoy it a lot more. And it's definitely something that I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed since, since you know, kind of taking up boxing mm-hmm. is that sacrifice. It's hard. But you do get, um, yeah, it's a sense of achievement yeah. you get out of it. Massively, mate. And... As well, I remember before I had uh, insurance on, on my car, I used to have to get the train to box in, which was about, it was about a 40 minute journey there, 40 minute journey back. Cause so it, is that west side? Yeah, in yeah. Hounslow, so it was like a 20 minute walk to my station, and then about a 20 minute train, and it was right there. Which, it's amazing gym by the way, if anyone wants to get into boxing. Um, but I used to go there, and I was terrible. I used to get beaten up every week. And, which is fine, but I remember I used to walk to the train station in the freezing cold, or the snow, the rain, whatever it was, walk there, knowing I'm going to get beaten up. Not, like I know, I'm literally going there, and I'm going to come home, black eyes, broken noses, whatever. But it was still that case of, this is what I want to do. I want to go there, and I want to do that. And I know that no one else, well not no one else, I know that other people wouldn't do it. I know that my friends they wouldn't do that. Yeah. I know that my friends wouldn't, they wouldn't walk in the rain to go and get beaten up. No way. And I think that's quite a motivating factor for me. Mm. Call me a psycho, but I just enjoyed it. You know? Yeah. And the feeling that you get after you finish a fight, or any, I imagine any sporting event, but just the feeling after that is second to none. And uh, I, I actually started in a with a charity fight. So again, you sold tickets, money went to charity, but it's put on like a big event. Everyone's mm. suit and tie. There's a free course dinner. They watch the boxing. They have beers and wine and whatever. And then you have your fight and you can come out after and enjoy the time with your friends. And it was amazing. Mm. It was amazing. I never have a better feeling than my yeah. life. Um, than that, that one. Yeah. And yeah. Might, so I recommend anyone does that because it's for beginners. Yeah. I just signed up to um same sort of thing but it's the MMA one. Have you? White collar. Oh, you love um, it. I think it's supposed to be in March, I think. Honestly, man, um, you will love it. It will be the best experience. But I feel, I feel the same in terms of going down to the to the MMA gym. Um, like I've been doing it for probably about a year now, so I'm still just getting beaten up, kicked in the head, <laughs> and like, and I come home and like, and then, and I remember the next day, uh, last Wednesday it was, so they do sparring on a Tuesday, and there was this guy that he's a really nice guy who. Um, 
he's a black belt in judo Ooh, and, he, and karate. He trains he trains people in karate, and and he was just kicking to my fire here, and it was just like chopping down. Yeah. And the next day I couldn't walk. Well, I could walk, but but barely. And it was like that for a couple of days. And my mum was like, "What? Are you doing? Like, what?" I was like, "I can't walk well." Well, yeah. I was supposed to play football. I was like, "I can't walk." She was like, "Well, why are you doing, doing it then?" But I think. Yeah, I, I've got that same sort of mindset yeah. as you, where you do get a kick out of it, yeah. quite literally. You do get you get a thrill out of trying to improve yourself, and then sometimes you might have a few rounds with someone, and you'd be like, "I'm doing, I'm doing better yeah. now," and you and you're just learning each and every time. And no, you are, you're a spot on there with that, especially what you say about it's a certain type of person. Not anyone can do it because you get punched, and you quickly realise if you want to get punched again or not. Yeah. And a good friend of mine who who you know, he's just turned professional, Bao, Baraj Kara. Shout out. And yeah. <laughs> and he's just turned professional, so he's waiting his debut on my first, I think, ever boxing session. And we're talking years ago now, like years and years. He said to me, mate, you're going to get punched. He's like, the quicker you accept that, the quicker you can move on and enjoy the sport. Because you will. If, you, if you're too scared about getting punched, you're not going to enjoy it. So you need to accept the fact you're going to get punched, which is difficult for me to accept because obviously this is a, it's a uh, podcast, so there's no video, but I am incredibly handsome. And <laughs> <laughs> it is difficult to see myself with broken noses and black yeah. eyes. Yeah, I do see you sometimes popping around and you've got your, your black yeah, eyes. My shiners and stuff. And this tournament I had was it was meant to be over three days. If you fought in the quarterfinals, you win. You can fight in the semis, you win. You fight in the final. So three days back-to-back boxing is incredibly tough. Yeah. So on the first day, I broke my nose. Boy punched me. Didn't just punch me once, but honestly, he punched me several times. And it broke my nose. Um, which isn't a problem for me, because I've broken my nose a few times. I can kind of get through it. And I won the fight, and I had to fight on the Saturday. But now we're fighting with a broken nose. And I remember the, the first punch the boy threw straight at my nose. <laughs> So I know it's big, but come on, mate. You've got the rest of the face yeah. to go for. Go for my body, anywhere. And uh, and I lost the fight. I lost the fight in the semi-finals, which was obviously gutting. But, you know, it was a referee, a judge's decisions. They thought he won, whatever. We move on. But then I woke up that next morning, and to think I would have had to have fought again. My nose apparently mashed up. Talking like this, you know what I mean? Like, couldn't breathe, couldn't think, and you just think, there's no way you can do that again. You can do it for the for the third yeah. time. How's your breathing now? Not great, mate. <laughs> I, I do. I wonder because sometimes, sometimes you you can, when you speak to people, um, like there's a few pro fighters yeah. at my place, and, and not all of them, but a couple of them. Yeah, that you when when you talk to them, you can kind of hear them breathing through their yeah. mouth, and, yeah, and which it's, is uh, terrible. But is it sort of? It's not great, mate, because... Are you going to... Do you reckon right. one day you'll have... Uh, what, surgery, it, yeah. Deviated septum, is that what it's called? <clears throat> yeah, so they... When I first ever broke my nose, I went to the hospital, because well, I didn't know what to do, and never broken it before, and they said, we can operate on it, but you're just going to break it again, doing your sport. So they were said, you're better off doing your time, doing what you do, and then trying to sort it out. And then doing it afterwards. Yeah, and... I will, I will, I will do it eventually. Because I remember, um, I had an ex-partner, and when I would sleep at night, she, <laughs> she 
Like a bloody foghorn. You would be like, what is wrong with you? So, that's the sole reason we broke up. No, <laughs> I've never been able to get a partner since. As soon as they hear me breathing, I don't know. I'm out. He's charming, but... Uh... <laughs> Boy, does he yeah. breathe. <laughs> Sound like one of my dogs, French Bulldogs. Yeah. But, uh, oh, it was me. <laughs> but yeah, it's the same. It's the same. I think I saw. I think I saw you about it not that long ago. But it's the same with when you do like jujitsu, MMA. You get like the, you get the cauliflower yeah. ears and. Yeah. But it's just one of them things. It's it, it's like. Pop, 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 it's similar, do, like yeah, wet, mate. do you want to do it or yeah. or do you want to do it or not? And if you don't want to do it, then fair enough, don't do it. Exactly. But but it just it's what comes with it. Exactly, and I would I would actually recommend everyone. Um, does some kind of, of combat sport because mm, like I say it does really teach you about the sacrifice and gives you the appreciation for the finer things in life that you mm. don't get to have all the time and I think that it's so common now for people to eat out at lunch and have dinner out and stuff and not have the skills to cook or whatever and I sound like a bloody guru now but you are, yeah? Yeah, that's why you're on I'm it. I'm a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the GOAT, self-proclaimed GOAT, PT, so... It's very easy. Yeah, so I would recommend everyone does kind of combat training. And it's fun. It is good. It is good fun. And you, Who wants to sit on a cross train of half an hour? You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. What kind of enjoyment do you get out of that? I think as well, when you when you put yourself in, in a, the position of you're actually, you're actually sparring with someone... Mm. Like especially if you if you're new to it, it's your, like your first sort of few goes sparring, like sh- you're shitting yourself, and you're like, yeah. oh, I don't want to yeah. do this. And it's the same same when you're like doing jujitsu and you're rolling with like a heavyweight purple belt. You're, you're like, I don't want to do this. I do not want this. Like, I, I do guy, not want this smoke. I had a guy sat on me the other day, and he's like, that's ninety five kg sat on your head, and I was like, what? But you get on your Saturday, yeah. <laughs> but you wanna, but like. But yeah, you 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 don't want to do it. You're uncomfortable, but then you do it, yeah. and you're like, "All right, cool." But then again, I sound like a guru now, but that can that can walk over into other aspects yeah. of your life. Like, you, yeah. let's say you're going for a job, and you got the job interview, and you're thinking, "Oh, what?" It's not really worse than getting sat exactly. on the end, is it? And yeah, once you just put yourself into them like situations where you're not in a comfortable position, you just you start like getting used to it a bit yeah. more. Yeah, no, you're you're spot on. That's the same with I guess with your with your next gen and stuff. You're just like, all right, well, been here, I've done that. Yeah, be you know, be comfortable being on, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. And I do really, I never used to really appreciate what that meant. But I, when I was a kid, my dad, this is gonna sound awful. My dad used to um, take me to things I didn't want to do. I he used to make me go to cricket. I hated cricket. And I used to hate the ball coming at me. It worked up really fast, smashed me in the face, smashed me in the arm. Hated cricket. And I used to kick and scream and cry my eyes out not to go. And he used to drag me. He got me into... I did a few months of kickboxing when I was a kid as well. I hated, hated it. Hated getting dressed up for it. All of the trousers, the crap I had to wear, I hated it. But he used to drag me and drag me to... And that went for everything. When I didn't want to do something, he used to drag me... Um, and I really appreciate that now because there is nothing that I wouldn't do. Like mm. I would go to anything and give it a go. I'd go to Latin dancing. I'd do anything. Salsa. I'd, I'd 
sing, I do karaoke, like it just doesn't bother me now and I really do, I think obviously that's part of who you are and your makeup but also the way that I had to do things I didn't want to and there's something that's on my bucket list and I'd love to do this, petrified but I'd love to do it because I think it's I think it's worse than boxing to be honest, like, obviously when you're boxing you're in the ring alone, mm. and it's pretty scary but I think this is even worse, and it's. Um, I'd love to do like an open mic stand up night. Oh, yeah? Yeah, not because I'm funny. I'm not, <laughs> not really funny, but I just think to be exposed to that, and obviously you, you know what it's like being up there, if you choke, whatever, singing. Forget the words. You're in trouble. Yeah. And that for me is like the biggest, ballsiest thing you can do, um, and I'd love to do that. Not now. I'm not, no material, no intentions, and please no one hold me to this. I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> Every time I see it now, I'm going to be like, How's that I'm, not I'm just going to be sending you like open mic comedy night. <laughs> please. But I would love to, um, uh, just once. It's not like something I'd want to do, but I just would love to experience that and to have that fear because that would be petrifying. Oh, can you imagine? But then you think, once you've done that, life can only get better. Mm-hmm. It's like a, I used to have this thing when it would be absolutely pissing down with rain. It'd be horrible weather. Whatever it was, like I said before. And I would walk there, walk to work, walk wherever I was going, and I'd be soaking wet. And I got there, like, I look like an idiot, do you know what I mean? But I'd have a massive smile on my face, and people, oh, why are you happy? It's absolutely pouring. I'm like, I've just walked here in the pissing down rain. My day can only get better from here, can't get any worse. And that's how I like to look at things. If, if you could do that, that for me is the scariest thing you can do. If you can do that, everything else is easy. And I think everyone should have that one thing that they would love just to do, just once. Because then you think, if you can do that, if you can do that, then everything else is easy. Like I'm scared of heights, and I've, I've done a skydive and a bungee jump. Both petrifying, but if you can do that, then... I can walk across a bloody bridge now, whereas when I was younger I couldn't do it. You know I mean, I was petrified. So that's what I always think anyway. Do the scariest thing, and then everything else is easy. Then, yeah, exactly. No, I agree with you completely. I think everyone should yeah get yeah. a little list out and exactly mate. have a bucket list. Now I'm big into my travelling, and that's something that my grandparents instilled into me. Always travel, see the world. You know, Surrey is a very small place. Go and go out and see mm. places and experience different cultures and way of, ways of living and you um, was in Australia wasn't you just before lockdown well yeah I actually was, was in during, there during lockdown as well I had um, um, I had pl- Thailand planned for April did you and then I couldn't because we closed down in it's March so I yeah. still haven't I still haven't done it Mate, but yeah I, Thailand's I, awesome yeah place. We, I spent a month there and it was wicked it was wicked like such a cool place and again you just learn those when you're out there and as well you, you, I'm a very intense guy like I work hard blah, 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 but I have to have a break I have to take time away and then it resets so you can go again and that for me you've is, got your energy back and yeah. your head's in the right place and, and Thailand and Australia were such amazing places and would uh, would recommend anyone takes time just to travel and, and see more than their area because you never know. You meet someone, you have a kid, and then you t- you get mortgage and you you trapped. Essentially, I know it sounds bad to say trapped, but 
some people that's what they want to do that's great but for me now I know that I would resent that person or, or that life that life if I didn't <clears throat> live now and, <clears throat> and experience in life now so that's just me though and I think as well um, like again we're getting deep now but like yeah. we're here, here we go we are here for such a, a short amount of time mm. really such a short amount of time and why not just yeah, go and, and have a look at other countries and other cultures and exactly. see and see what what you like because you, you essentially you can move move yeah. anywhere in the world not at the moment but and uh, we people don't realize how lucky we are mm. especially the likes of me and you to live where we live because the opportunities you have and the fact that you can just hop on a plane and go like I, on Friday I was a, a bit bored um, I wasn't feeling too great. I was a bit unwell, sorry. And my friends had just flown to Prague that morning. I thought, like, why am I here? Why am I uh, at home? I could just hop on a flight. You know, COVID's kind of over. Not over, but like, the restrictions, for it. restrictions of ease and whatever. So I booked to go out to Prague the next day. And it felt good to have that, you know, being able to be that spontaneousness, mm. like, again. So I booked it for the next morning, done my locator form, had my double vaccination thing printed off, went out, surprised them, I didn't know I was coming. And it was just, I was only there for, for the two nights to come up Monday morning, but it was so good to have that and to have that freedom back and just have that luck of opportunity that we're in. You couldn't do that. Some of those countries, I was chatting to a guy who lived in Prague and he was like, man, I moved here from the UK and he said, I am crap where's what I did at home and stuff and he's not going to be able to just do that hop on a flight go to the UK and stuff so I think we all it's just need to appreciate how lucky we are where we live you know what we do oh, I agree mate Makes 100% basically basically in a nutshell <laughs> in a nutshell yeah sweet as Jake so what's next for the goat for, for me <laughs> Um, I obviously, think obviously what you're you're 20, same as me, 24. 24, yeah. So I'm young, I've got the world. I think that it's very easy for us to think we're old now. Oh, yeah, I speak, I speak, I'm not going to say any names, but yeah, a friend of mine is really convinced that he's old. Yeah. Same age as us, and I'm like, mate. You don't understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People don't understand. And people, I think, also worry that they're not on, they're not doing as well as someone else, or this mm-hmm. and that, and that you just think that everyone's on their own their own path and they really shouldn't worry about where they are in comparison to other people so like, there's that what's his name the colonel KFC oh yeah well, I think he was like 73 mm. or something or whatever when he started KFC so everyone is just where they are Walt Disney Walt Disney that's what I mean there's these big figures I'm not saying that you or I are going to mix Walt Disney but but you can just don't worry if your friend's got a great job and a girlfriend and um, or a boyfriend whatever and they've got a mortgage and their life together and you're a mess and you've woken up in a part of your own piss from Friday night that's fine because you're on your own I mean you, you'll get there when you get there kind of thing and that's why I think we're only 24 so I have massive goals but I'm okay with not trying to reach them now mm-hmm. I know when I I know Right now, I know what I want to do, and I know how I want to do it, but I don't want to do it now. 
I want to continue the way I'm doing it. I'm so happy in life because I have that freedom to book a trip to Prague tomorrow, you know. Whereas once you set up in your life, like I say, you're kind of stuck there for a little bit. So I'm just very, very much on my own time kind of thing. And, and when I'm when I'm ready to move on to these bigger goals, like you said, where am I going? What's next for me is, like I said, I'd love to have my own um, phase four and community-based clinic where I can help improve the longevity of, of people's lives. I want that. But right now, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Um, still PTing these people, but, you know, in the studio, but not directly towards this because I know tomorrow if I want to move country, I can. You can. You know? So, right now, I've kind of, at the beginning of the year, I had goals that I wanted to tick off. One was uh, the charity week, which is done. Get back in the ring, because... I had a, a knee reconstruction, so I wanted to get back in the ring, which I've done. I wanted to start, this one's, it sounds small, but it's been such a big thing for me over the years, is I never had a a, a page for my, like a social media mm-hmm. page for my work, for my interests, because I think that I didn't, because I was, this is going to sound bad, but I could go on quite a few fitness pages now, and pick holes in stuff they're doing, whether it's form, whether it's advice given, some of that. And I didn't want that for me. I wanted to be bulletproof. But I quickly realised that there's always someone better than you. And I know that someone better could go on my page now and pick many, many holes mm. in my own stuff. But I thought, screw it, you know, I'm gonna be confident in what I know, post about it. And so that was a goal of mine was to set up the page and it was more of a kind of a yeah a confidence goal I guess rather than something that's achievable like boxing it was just a this is what I want putting yourself out of there putting yourself out of there basically for for criticism because that takes a lot of balls and, and what you've what you do I think is massive as well like when you can go up and sing I think that's crazy I know you're good at it so it's a bit easier for you rather than me getting up and singing but but I do so I think that was a goal of mine um and that's kind of been my year. Is there any more? Get back to fitness. Yeah, pretty much those were my three main goals for the year. And I've done them. So I, I, I rehabbed the injury, um, got back in the ring, and so I'm kind of happy with, with where I am. And like you say, what's next for me is just right now, keep keep building on myself, my business, develop, keep going in boxing, and then when it's time to take up some of these opportunities I take them up mm. I guess um, I guess you know I'm just trying to analyse what you're like but I guess what you're doing is you're smelling the roses yeah you've done your you've, you've done you've, you've, like I said you worked towards your goals and now you're just enjoy you're just going to yeah, yeah. enjoy it and then and then crack on for the next thing exactly I, mean, I think that a lot of people and I'm guilty of it as well is just smashing our life yeah constantly bang 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 just one after next another thing, next thing next thing next thing and sometimes and that was only really this week that I've done this because you have to take time to chill appreciate what you've done and where you've come in the in the like how far you've come this year or whatever whatever you've done 
and just enjoy it mm. because next thing you know you're you're middle age and you've got your kids yeah, and exactly. stuff and you haven't taken that time it's gone like that so I really just am now uh, taking time and just enjoying like the year I've had and like spending time with my family and stuff and yeah basically just I've, I've smashed what I wanted to do this year so I'm happy kind of thing and then reset and go again and it's not because I'm not ambitious cause I'm definitely ambitious it's just if you don't take time to, to think about it then it just goes like just that just goes yeah like Michael Jordan and obviously I'm not comparing myself to Michael Jordan <laughs> Because there's a slight difference there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He, no matter what, I don't know if you saw that documentary on Netflix, Last Dance. No, I've heard heard loads about it. It's the nuts. Um, But he would, all the time, no matter who he was and what he'd done, he would, if you ever watched him, what everyone said about him, he was always just, I sound going to sound like a yogi now, but he was always just present listen to his music, enjoy himself, have a cigar, relax, have a laugh with the boys and stuff. And that for me is what it's about, just mm. being relaxed and chilling and just appreciating time, really. But, yeah, so that's that's when you ask what's next for me right now, I'm just happy. Because um, I, uh, I have a trouble with saying yes. I love to say yes because I don't like to turn down opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I often find that my focus, I'm spread too thin across trying to focus on boxing, trying to focus on work, trying to um, spend time with my my family, seeing my friends, dating, whatever it is, I'm spreading myself way too thin and I'm not completing any of them to the standard I should be. I've been like that 100%. And so a goal for now is to reduce the amount of things I'm focusing on do them better so now that's what I mean where I, I'm going to take a step back from a few things and just have my focuses and what's important to me um, yeah that's what's next for me so is that yeah and with, regarding I know I was going to speak about it, regarding your knee reconstruction hmm. you brought yourself back to working abilities yeah was that from knowledge yeah, that you've that you've just had. Uh, obviously, yeah. I guess you you were researching that at the time as well. But that was something where you, what what happened first of all? So when I was, I think I was sixteen, seventeen or something like that. Sixteen, I uh, ruptured my ACL and tore my meniscus cartilage. Which the ACL is a, a ligament in the knee, um, and it's a massive. It's a, such a common injury. Mm. It's one of the most common kind of young person's injuries uh, especially in America and stuff and Australia and it's it's basically just where it's where your foot is planted but you twist and it it ruptures yeah. the ACL and, um, I've seen that I've seen people do that it's, and it's horrible, horrible. Yeah, it is yeah. it's people horrible. do football because it's so common which is horrible about it, but the rehab is so long so if you have the surgery you're looking to get back to sport if you're good you're recovery you're looking to get back to sport between nine and twelve months if you're good if you're normal you know longer than that that's a long time out mm. especially for young athletes um not so much me because i was crap at football but 
for for young athletes who are footballers or rugby players or American football or Aussie rules, whatever. That's a long time out of sport. Um, so that was when I was 16. I had the surgery when I was 18 because there was still growth in the um, in my joints. So there was potential, which you know is, it would have been crap if to get the surgery and it potentially stunts that that side, and then you have complications further than mine. So I had that done when I was 18, and then when I was I don't know 21, 22, I can't remember. I re ruptured the the uh, ACL, and what they do when you you can choose so you can have a hamstring graft so they take i think it's like five to seven centimeters from your hamstring create a new kind of ligament out of it where mm-hmm. they they drill it into um your shin bone and your thigh bone and or you can have your uh your patella tendon they take a graft from that and then you have an artificial one i think i think they're the three options I'm sure there must be more but i think they're the three options so I took the same leg, I took the hamstring from that leg and, and, and had it on the knee. So then I ruptured that ligament the second time. So then they had to use the contralateral side. So then the, the other leg had to use that hamstring. And they also did something called extra-articular reconstruction where they basically took the soft tissue from the lateral side of that leg and, and wrapped it around the knee to kind of strengthen it a little bit. So hopefully it doesn't happen again. But with that, the surgery was more so it was it was more to recover from and I, and I remember on, on day one or day two I went to walk uh, 10 steps and, and by the 10th step the, the amount of fluid that would had gone into the knee mm-hmm. meant I couldn't move I couldn't walk kind of thing so it was a bit it was a bit harder this recovery and uh, I had the knowledge from surgery number one to go into this one and I just remember spending, so the first two weeks you're pretty much bed bound. You can't really, you kind of hobble, but you can't really move. And then from there you just slowly get a little bit more mobility back and depending on how, how well you do. And then by sort of four weeks you should be down to one crutch. And then by six you shouldn't be, you should be able to walk quite normally. Um, but I remember that time I was bed bound, I just would watch videos of a guy called Mick Hughes. And he's kind of like the leading physio on on. Uh, ACL recoveries mm-hmm. and um, yeah so I would watch loads of, of videos that he'd done, read loads of his literature and just constantly try and improve my knowledge on it and how I, just for me to start with just how I'm going to get better and how I can get back to boxing quicker how I can get back to life quicker and document it and I did and um, it was a great it was a great experience to kind of go through. I hated it. I remember I hated it, you know, but it was good. And I mean, one day I got really down about it. I couldn't do something or whatever. And, I, and you kick yourself and you have a really crappy day. But I remember just thinking, no, I'm not going to be like this tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to get up and set alarm to do my rehab. Every, I think it was every 40 minutes I was doing it because it was very early stages. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a full session. It was about 15 minutes of rehab to start just like terminal knee extension um basically you have to learn to flex and extend the leg again and you do that by f- forcing the foot sort of passively pulling it and stuff mm. and it's so painful oh, mate. yeah it's terrible um and it's a crap 
this is what annoys me about it because it's such a common injury but the recovery is still so long I'm sure everyone who listens will have someone they know that's had a ACL injury yeah, I know at least three other people that's what I mean and it is horrible um, but something I would definitely recommend wow obviously speak to a doctor first or a physio but the non-operative route so I, I train a guy who um, tore his ACL and he came to me because obviously he knew that I'd had the experience with it mm-hmm. myself so we worked with his physio and myself um, to, to build it up non-operatively so he didn't have to go through the surgery and now he's back to playing foot 90 minutes has no problems with it so if you can it doesn't not everyone can do it um, but if you can do that I would definitely yeah. recommend it because the surgery is, is I won't lie it's a crap time um, it is a crap time it's it's just not nice especially if you if you're not going back to professional semi-professional sport then I would recommend not doing it because go the non-surgical route I, I, or, or try, try your try best yeah, yeah yeah it doesn't work for everyone but for me obviously I wanted to go back to boxing but if I if my knee went again I'd leave sport and I wouldn't get the surgery because mm-hmm. it's it's such a crappy experience Process. yeah but that's actually why I went to Australia and Thailand because I found I had the surgery in August and then I went away in January um, I found the cold weather was not good I was in a lot of pain I, I thought screw it I'm gonna, I've always wanted to travel this is a great time to do it I'll finish my rehab abroad because I couldn't go back to boxing I, my work wasn't as busy at the time so I was like screw it it's the best time to go and yeah and I went and uh finished the rehab and stuff and it was awesome so again I was thankful for the operation of that because it meant I, I wouldn't have done that otherwise so still be grafting still be grafting <laughs> wouldn't have seen I had to add great experiences so I'm just uh, I'm thankful for the knee because it taught me a lot of knowledge it did because it meant it forced me to research and, and learn learn about about the knee and how it works and a lot greater depth than what I would have known otherwise and I didn't actually I think I had two physio appointments the entire second rehab one was the initial one with the NHS after the operation mm-hmm. and then when I was in Australia I went and saw that guy that I mentioned Mick Hughes who helped me help me out just to kind of so I was already six months there so he just kind of assessed and then recommended some things that I would do for the next coming months to finish off but he was impressed with the way I'd Done the with it and yeah, and that was just from self research. Now I'm not saying that I would happily treat someone for it, no way, but knew me. Um but it's something that I'm proud of to say that I've done. Um No, definitely. Yeah. Well I was just I just I'm not gonna say the name, I used to work for um a private medical company <laughs> and yeah, I've done many jobs. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember and I was working in, a, in the department where people would ring up about their knees, yeah. knees and their backs and their hips, operations or physio or whatever. And yeah, it was a real, when I was there, there was a real sort of push into the direction of non-surgical treatment. Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing that is the yeah. way forward. And it's, it's new. It's not new, but it's newer. And yeah, it's, yeah, like you said, you might as well try it. Might as well. 
You might as well try. Why, why the reason? Especially not? if you aren't private, if you're out of the NHS, because I got the injury in January and I had the operation in August. So that was seven months where I. Uh, and that, wasn't, that was the quickest it could be done because you have to have MRI scans, you have to have assessments, blah, blah, blah. So you think if I had had seven months of good quality rehab, I might not have needed the surgery. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean with, especially if the, you're with the NHS because you wait all that time. You might as well try because you might get to operation day and they're like, actually... It's all right. Yeah, you've done that. You're, right. in a, you're in a good position. The leg's quite strong. It's stable. Let's see what happens. Um, whereas if you're with private, they can often do it a bit quicker. But it's expensive if you were to do it private. But yeah, it's. I'm thankful for it. Although it hurts. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. It is horrible. It is horrible. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's is what it is, isn't it's it? One of them things you learn from it. Like learn said, from it. Mistakes. Good experience, and now you can um, apply it to yeah, your role as well. It's quite handy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I do, I do have a lot of people who, if they experience knee pain and having so much knee pain mm. myself, of obviously had to figure out ways that help me, and I can share that experience now. And if if it helps someone, then that's great. And that's pretty much it, and I think that's the same with all of fitness. And whenever you have run into an issue, and this is a even a piece of advice for you, if you've you've been running a lot more over lockdown, if you had a niggle, your shin splints, you got um, your feet started hurting, or whatever, you could learn why, and then you have that application to anyone that does come to you with a similar problem. Mm. Um, and that's just something I've learned rather than and as well invest in yourself like when I've had issues I have been so I had different issues like knee issues and, and I've had a lot of wrist trouble from boxing and stuff but I go to see someone who knows what they're talking about I feel like fitness is the only industry one of the only industries where you don't really seek out help before you start it makes no sense yeah. to me. like when you're learning to swim you get a swimming instructor. When you go to a sport, play football, you have a football coach. Like you have a person with senior experience in most aspects. People go to the gym and they think they know it all. They just go in. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And the same with me. When I started, I remember having an induction at the gym, and um, I was sort of I had an ego. Like, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. I didn't have a Scooby. Didn't I have a clue what I was talking about? So, I, but I don't understand where this comes from. So I always, always, you know, recommend people to have a PT. Not me. If 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 you want me, have me. But, <laughs> but someone to to even if it's a friend that you train with to build that up. And I think that this is why. This is a generalisation, but this is why females make better progress than males do. Because, again, I'm generalising, it's not everyone, but guys tend to join a gym with two of their mates or something, and they all go in the gym together. But it's like the blind and the blind. Mm-hmm. None of them know what they're doing, but they think they do. They've watched a YouTube video, 
so then they're running that session where I feel and they're less likely to ask for help whereas I feel again I'm, I'm generalising but in my experience females tend to be more confident in asking for help because they're not sure what they're doing or seek out the advice from a personal trainer or a fitness professional and that's they don't have that ego they drop that ego and that's where they make that progress a little bit faster if that makes sense um, I would recommend everyone even me if I went into a new sport CrossFit whatever I would seek out the help, seek out the help of a professional it's, it's their industry they know more than I do why would I pretend that I do yeah just walk in there like like an idiot. and that's what something that does frustrate me about fitness because I wasted so much time even me the first two years of, of being in fitness I could have done with a personal trainer you know even though I was trained to become one mm. I could have done with one because you're learning invest in yourself and it will pay dividends um, so that's just a recommendation people yeah. should even if you do one session a month it's not that expensive you spend more on Round a couple drinks. of drinks yeah it's one session that you can learn from and build your own confidence you know so just like an accountability thing just just be like once a month yeah uh, check in with PT hey uh, Jack I'm doing this that yeah. what do you reckon and Jack will say yeah or no or exactly. just give you like a, a direction yeah. and such and that's my exit strategy for my clients is when they come in is start on a higher number of sessions a week and you slowly reduce that uh, and after 12 weeks that client should be able to be self-sufficient run their own session and you can from there only check in once a month mm. and that's and that's how that's how it should be really because then you don't want people cl- mm. what say, clinging on but yeah, I guess you, kinda, you don't want that, people yeah. you don't want people to um, well not learn anything they don't, exactly. you don't want to just go through the motions you want exactly. to you want to like I said be self-sufficient because then because then as well they're, re- they're likely to recommend you like I said, I've only got that one client that I still train to this day. And it's more, we're just mates now, and, and that's what she wants. I've offered exit strategies to her, and, and it's not what she wants. She wants to continue the sessions. I think it's different because she's quite a professional businesswoman. She's a, a mum, so she has a lot on her plate. I think she just likes that the hour a day where it's about her. We have fun, we have a laugh, we train, and so I think that's a bit different for me but ultimately you should be reducing how much you, you see someone or what you do with them um, and then that person would recommend you they would refer you to someone else because you've been honest with them you've provided a good service you've helped them reach their goals and then you've let them go basically mm-hmm. and then you can do that for their friend or their family member and that for me is just what it's about really that's just me. Just how that? It's just me. That's just Jake. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, yeah, that's that's for me anyway. It should be. No, I agree. I agree. Um, like I said, somebody starting out, you, I don't really want someone to just get dependent. Yeah. Because fitness, yeah. a journey, a fitness journey for a person it is an individual thing. Yeah. As much as it is a a, a group thing, and you and you learn from people, and you have a trainer. At the end of the day, it's you that's, that's training your own body. So, yeah, just getting the knowledge and and trying to 
be self-sufficient yeah is a good thing but especially yeah. when you've got like um like you said maybe if if it's someone that's nursing an injury and mm. yeah it's good to just get them on their own exactly like fee again yeah and again it comes down to confidence and how how you communicate as well you could be the best and i always thought you provided a service and, and things will come but how you communicate how you act everything it's not just what your knowledge is pt it's your, how you are with people um how you can handle sort of like the privacy of it how you can make someone feel comfortable with with you what's different between you and another trainer like i am sure there are people that would prefer to train with you over me and i'm sure there are people that would tra- prefer to train with me over you it's just how you connect with people so you know i'm a big believer in um offering like trial sessions because not only do they need to see if they're going to like me mm-hmm. but also if i'm going to like them yeah exactly i'm not going to take on clients that i don't like and i resent that out because then you do start hating job and it's a bit different when you first start out like i remember i said yes to everyone but not anymore um i realized that your time is worth more than whatever you're being paid and you have to keep that balance of enjoying your job because if you have an hour every day that you hate how how are you gonna get through that how are you gonna provide that person with a good service if you don't want to be there no exactly if you're clock watching yeah they'll read that yeah they'll read that so you're better off just referring to someone that would be better suited to them if they're sometimes you know sometimes it can be good to be opposites with people that introvert and extrovert and stuff but also sometimes it's not I've had people that I just cannot simply get out of their shell and they just don't respond well to me or my humour or so that doesn't go well for the open mic stand up <laughs> but yeah so they may be better you off you try to say something funny and they just look at you like what are you talking is about he, is he like is he is serious he, or like, is he joking <laughs> yeah um, so that person's probably better off with someone else so I'm happy to refer them you know and then that person you refer to may get someone that they are not good with and, mm. and would prefer to come with me so it's just it's just about being honest with yourself really and just not taking the mic and taking people's money for nothing really exactly and that's it yeah. that's it that's my story in a nutshell <laughs> that's the story of Jay <laughs> I mean there's many more many more oh, funny yeah. mistakes or whatever we'll leave them for another day yeah we'll do like another one we'll do like please don't in like a few months <laughs> time I'll invite it back down <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah no i appreciate you coming on today mate oh well thank you for having and, um, me yeah you're more than welcome i just look forward to hearing my voice but that's all i'm here for really that's it <laughs> <laughs> your words of wisdom well, that's it. i can't wait to take my own advice like, i love yeah. it I've, I've learned so much today um and uh, yeah i'm really looking forward to to becoming as, as great as you are as well so <laughs> So thank you so much. Good luck with that, mate. No. <laughs> There's only one of me. <laughs> no, but yeah, thank you for having me. It's, it's been good, just to kind of speak, really, because I think that I think it's really good what you're doing. Like you say, like we said before, you just do it, and see what happens. 
it again it's another ballsy thing to do because you are open for criticism I'm sure your friends have a little joke and whatever but you don't know like how things go it only takes one special guest like me to come on and then the next thing you know you're famous (laughs) seriously it is good we do Um, because you do I get taken the mick out all the time Mm. for my social media presence like what I write and what I do and how I do it people always ridicule me so to do this I think it's good what you do yeah no definitely and yeah people people will say things and what you have to understand as well it's the same with your pizza you pay, same with anything is that a lot of the time it is actually just quite funny yeah. like you've got to laugh at yourself and, you have to mate yeah. and yeah just put yourself out there that comes with it so humour for me is a great way of expressing emotion and, and dealing with things because especially in my friendship circle I don't know if you guys are the same which some people may look at it as extremely unhealthy, but when one of us is going through a hard time, tragedy, whatever it is, we are relentless with it. We we pick that apart, to, you know, really, really badly. Um, but for me, it just makes it so much easier to deal with. I would rather address that elephant and have my friends take the mick out of it than be, you know, tread on eggshells around the subject. So that's for me. I know that everyone deals with things in their own way, but. I would rather be laughed at to my face than spoken behind me. Yeah, exactly. So no, I've had that fun. And um, yeah, my my group of mates, I've had people that have come out with us that had, don't really knock around yeah. with them. Not so much me, to be fair. But there's a few a few characters, and and like we've been out, and they they said to me like, "Are them two alright? Like, <laughs> are they having a row? Like, are they having, are they?" Going at each other. No, this is just this is just normal. Yeah, like it's just how it is. Yeah, I think that's good because it's kind of like the ultimate compliment, isn't it? That you're that kind of on that level of friendship where you can just do that. So, like I say, that's that's just me or you as well, and, and how we like to deal with it. But I'm happy to. I'm sure there will be people that will listen to this and take the piss out of what I've mm. said, but I'm happy to deal with that because I know that. I'm the one sitting there doing it. I'm yeah, the exactly. one who, you know... Coming on the best, yeah, best uh, podcasts... Exactly, mate. In I, the world. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, lo- I remember my first amateur boxing fight, I lost. I had my friends there. And we went out for pizza after, and they ridiculed me. Mm-hmm. They absolutely ripped me to shreds, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Because I know that I'm the one getting in there, they're not going to do it. Yeah, exactly. They ain't got the balls to get in there. So that, for me, is the same. Like When you put yourself out there to start something new, same with next gen, whatever it is, and whatever. You, if you were the one that would do it, then respect to you. Because yeah. you never know what might come of it, something. No, exactly. And yeah, on the same note, I'm sure many people, and on a serious note, myself as well, yeah. have actually learnt a lot from this conversation. I'm going to take a lot of things away from it. So I appreciate it, Jay. <laughs> You're very welcome, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, any time that you need to speak about anything, whether it's a bit more in detail because I know we touch on fitness but not really in detail but I'm always available don't even worry mate I'll be giving you many cool. a shout <laughs> you'll be like not this guy again. <laughs> please go away appreciate it my friend yeah. a little pause up